The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Welcome, welcome, my darlings. It's 2021 and I'm so excited to be getting back into the swing of things. I'm even more excited for the year I have planned ahead. I'm slowly easing myself into the year, giving myself some grace to unwind from the hectic, festive season I had. And of course, the kitties are still on goddamn holidays, but there is less than two weeks to go. But hey, who is counting? I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) We are starting this year off with this gem of an episode. It was recorded last year and I have saved it till now. In today's episode, Pain to Empowerment, producer Quartz and I sit down with the inspiring Kira Love and wow, this episode has so much gold in it. Originally, I asked Kira to come and to speak about the masculine and female energies. And yes, towards the episode, we do go into more detail about the yin and the yang. But not to my surprise, we went a little rogue and Kira shares so much goodness about self-reflection, showing up for yourself, taking responsibility in her part of her separation, co-parenting and how your own healing and happiness is the best revenge. Now, they are not Kira's words. She is far too zen and at peace with her life to use that terminology. So full disclaimer there, that is my take on the the amazing journey she has from turning one of the hardest times of her life into now what is something that is so serving and so much contribution to the world. I had the pleasure of attending Kira's self-ignited Divine Vision Statement Masterclass last week and wow, 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 wow. She is so freaking inspiring. This process was really confronting and a little overwhelming, if I'm being honest, and really made me sit down and ask, what the fuck do I want in my life and what am I doing with it? Like, time is precious, people. And this daily practice can change so much. So I'm super. I'm so into it and hopefully later um, in a few episodes I will share where I'm at with it, but it is a work in progress and I am committed to this practice. If you love what you hear today, please jump over to Instagram and give Kira a follow. Her Instagram handle is at I am Kira Love. There is loads of free contact content, sorry, that will make a huge difference in your life. And to be honest, I'm a little obsessed and there is even a special gift for one lucky listener at the end of the episode. So let's get stuck into it and I can't wait to hear what you think. You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash and I like to think we are all flawed, but we are also fucking fabulous. Welcome to today's episode. We have a very special guest with us, which is Kira Love. Welcome, Kira. Thank you. And of course, we have Miss Cartney. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, today, we are going to be talking about a series of things that are very interesting to me, stuff that I'm becoming super passionate about. But before we get stuck into that, Kira, can you please tell us a little bit about your past background and just stop there? And then, <laughs> sure. <laughs> then I'll cut you off and we'll move into something else. But one of the, I started following Kira on Instagram. I'm 
really want to say a super long time ago, but I have no concept of time anymore. So um, Kira, um, when I first started my Instagram page, I had a lot of cooking stuff on there and I was all about it. I don't know if you actually know, I auditioned for MasterChef once myself. Wow. Did you? Yes. And I actually got to like meet George and all of that. What and meal did yeah, you prepare? I made a um, lime panna cotta with a hibiscus gel. Oh, I haven't been offered that. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time. I'll really be digging back in the recipe books. I I think it was like eight or ten years ago. Like it was a super long time ago. It was like when it first started. So then, um, yeah, then I found Kira on Instagram and she was like on the MasterChef. And then you were a real point of difference back then because of your beliefs in cooking. And you can explain the rest. Sure. Do you want to do angel cards first? Uh, Yeah, I forgot about those. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Courtney's here. (laughs) Um, so Kira also is into angel cards, so she's definitely not a virgin, but it's the first time that we have done them together. So they are pre-shuffled. Kira has picked out her card, and if you can please turn it over and read aloud what you have. Focus on service. Your soul's desire only to, is to only joyfully serve and to swim in a constant stream of bliss. This stream continuously feeds you everything you need, Put your entire focus upon staying in this stream of giving and receiving in every situation and in all that you do. I'm not really surprised you got this card, by the way. Yes, I love this. (laughs) Um, This card comes to you because you have been worried about your life's mission. Perhaps you've felt insecure about whether you'll make enough money, be successful or be well received by others. Instead of concerns about what you'll receive of other people's reactions, focus solely upon how you can serve. Use your natural talents, passions and interests to help others or some vital cause. Then through the law of attraction, you'll receive all the support you need. I feel like this is like a, when I read that out, it's like more of like a past card. If Does that like, because I don't um, feel like finances are really like a big, anyway, I've got an additional meaning here. <laughs> <laughs> additional meanings for this card. Release money worries to God and the angels. Be receptive to inner divine guidance and follow it without hesitation. If you get nervous, focus on service. Yes, I love that. My favourite quote in the world is lose, find yourself by losing yourself in the service of others and that would sum up the journey of the past six years for me. I was such a lost woman. And when I started focusing on giving and serving, that's truly how I found my self-worth and my independence and my self-love. Definitely. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a nice card for (laughs) Kira. (laughs) Doesn't mean our old patterns and traumas don't pop up from time to time, which is interesting because in the past week they have. So it's a perfect card. Yeah. Yay to the angels. (laughs) (laughs) Strike again. Yeah, Courtney's like, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back to yes. what I started I? with. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> tell us, tell us. Well, I have an edu- uh, education background and in my early 20s I had a health crisis where I really felt like I, if I didn't make any changes I was slowly fading out. I could feel the light in me fading and... I just, the more I sought medical intervention, the sicker I got. And so that led me to taking responsibility for my lifestyle choices and doing the research myself. And I was able to completely transform my health to the point that I felt better than I did before the health crisis. And that caused me to change 
career paths because I was witnessing so many people around me who weren't living with passion and vitality and energy and I really felt like the community needed this information that I had found for myself. So for the past 15 or so years, I've been dedicated to the health industry. And then side note to that, I have this high value for health, but I'm also a foodie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a lot of people would think those two do not go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was raised with beautiful memories and value around eating as a family and celebrating around food. So Mm -hmm. I did develop the skills and gifts and creativity for cooking And so I was able to combine the two of those passions and make healthy food delicious Mm -hmm. and deprivation free, which is really a huge passion of mine uh, because I want to help families build healthy food cultures in their home. That's one of my missions. I want to ensure that the next generation comes back to the wisdom of whole food so that they have a chance for, you know, I really inspired and full potential life. And I think food is one of the foundations of that. Um, but we should be able to still enjoy life. And yeah, so I've just, I guess, over those 15 years, learned how to bring the two together. That led to MasterChef being mm-hmm. the token healthy mm-hmm. cook on that yeah. show, <laughs> yes. which was an interesting journey trying to be fancy and bring that element to something that to me is so grounding and real and nourishing and rustic, which is probably the way I approach food. But it was an amazing opportunity to come outside my comfort zone after being a mother for eight years. And it it just tested me on so many levels and probably prepared me to propel into the career path that I have now. And was it was was MasterChef a, a, a turning point in a direction that you're like, I can do this, I can send yeah. this message, I've had this exposure? Um, not so much that. I think I was so withdrawn into myself in, you know, I became such an introvert. I was painfully shy and MasterChef, everything about it was outside my comfort zone and it tested me to really step up and to believe in myself. And every single day I had to really, it's probably where I really started investing in personal development because every day I would get up and I would get my mindset right to walk in there and, um, you know, be just so outside of my comfort zone every day. So what I was able to achieve and show myself what my potential was in that space just built my confidence so much. Mm -hmm. And that was the turning point for me to continue moving forward and creating the epic life that I have now. It was probably the foundation of that. And when you just spoke about mindset, is it, is it, pardon the pun, like a pressure cooker? Like, is it, is it like what they portray on TV? Because like, sometimes it's just like, they're never getting it done. And then it's like, (laughs) they've got three seconds left and they put the cherry on the top and you're like, that is, that did not happen. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the, the one very real thing about the show is that part of it. Uh, It's definitely the, the times that you get given, um, and the pressure that you feel through the screen is really present. But I think in those moments, that's where we show ourselves what we're really capable of. Because before going on to the show, my worst nightmare was the mystery box. <laughs> like, how on earth am I ever going to think of anything to cook yeah. under that pressure, let <laughs> yeah. alone limited ingredients? And that was actually where I shone the most. And I won a fair few challenges. Or And when I didn't, I was still proud of what I created. And I couldn't believe that I achieved that. 
And, you know, it's just through action and I've shown myself time and time again, it's through action that our confidence grows because we show ourselves what we're made of and sometimes we're just so oblivious to the magic that's inside of us and it's those pressure moments that, you know, really cause that to come out. Definitely. Can I ask one random yeah, question? Yeah, I, I felt like there was a, I felt like there was a question there, and I'm like, this is and such she's a like, I feel like we need like, like it's a like off up. track, but I want to ask what I don't understand is like obviously there's like ten people cooking, and then a lot of the elements are like you know if you're cooking a steak has to be cooked exactly right. What if they're last, and by the time I, they eat it, like it's cold? How does that work? The magic of TV. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the challenging and, and look, there's real challenges and constraints with a TV show like that. You, you know, I'm sure you guys understand here the the time that it takes to change camera angles and yeah, all exactly. of those things. So um, the, chef, the chefs do their best to get around and watch the process of cooking and taste things as they go because the reality is they're tasting the finished dish hours later. Yeah. So that ice cream puddle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've done enough shows I think to understand what it would have been could have been mm-hmm. and oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like tick <laughs> and so um when you were on MasterChef who was looking after your children oh that was that was the greatest challenge yeah actually. I c- couldn't yeah. really fathom yeah. that when I auditioned too uh-huh. I was like it, this is a big thing but like yeah. I really want to do it but like I'm leaving behind like babies yes so the real story, <laughs> the real story is it's funny we're talking about this because nothing a part of nothing about MasterChef did I feel was cool, nor did mm. I feel that I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. It wasn't on my life's plan. Um, but I had been sharing recipe inspiration on social media mm. and so I was recruited to try out yeah. for it and all of my circle were like, you have to do it. And I just didn't want any part of it. I also had an 18-month-old at the time uh, and a six-year-old and um, conscious, connected, present parenting is my highest value. So um, this certainly wasn't in alignment with that, but I just, I I felt even that. Then? Even Was, then? Even yeah. then, yeah. But I did feel that the universe wouldn't have put it in my lap. I, I figured that I would try my best through every step and if I'm not meant to be there, then I wasn't going to get there. Mm-hmm. So I just had to keep having faith and putting one step in front of the other. And luckily my girl's father is extremely hands-on, always has been an incredible father. So we found an au pair to help him for the time that I was away. Um, but emotionally it was very traumatising to be away for that length of time and uh, that was something that took me a long time to recover from. But there's gifts in everything. It did cause me and my daughter to have a much closer bond when I came back. So um, everything happens for a reason. Speaking of your your husband or your past <laughs> husband, or I shouldn't say past, well, what what is X? X. There we go. I hate that word though. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, so that's also one of the things that you probably overcome in your life. Yeah. Um, one of the bigger things most recently um, was when you separated from your ex. <laughs> X gonna give it to you. Like, it's just... <laughs> But, um, and you've really done a lot of your own, um, you know, it it wasn't an easy ride for you when that happened and you were kind of a little bit blindsided in regards to that. Do you want to share a little bit more? Yeah, I think, I mean, I was raised by a single mother who, incredible role model and, I'm not, maybe it's every woman's worst nightmare, regardless of how you grow up. But my greatest fear in life was always becoming a single mum. And I 
realized I had a pattern of telling myself when things were challenging, it's okay as long as we're together. Like he was the rock and I felt like life would always be okay because I knew that knew that we were always going to be together mm-hmm. and that's all that mattered to me. And I know that there's much worse things that happen, that happen to people than separation, but to me that was the only thing that I really feared to any great degree. So, you know, the universe likes to challenge us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my greatest fear came to life. It was quite unexpected. Um, so it certainly threw me at the time. And I also had a large company that business that we were running together. So there was a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of responsibility in that time to show up for others, not just my children. So, yeah, it was the most difficult time of my life. But, you know, through facing our fears is when we grow the most. And I think the biggest advice, because I get women messaging me all the time, I, I have incredible coaches and mentors that I leaned into and I got the support that I needed to help me process it as quickly as possible mm-hmm. um, because there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of feelings of, I guess, betrayal and, and, and different things like that, that I think women can really embrace. And at the end of the day, it just harms you and it hurts your future and it holds you back. And I wanted to be able to bounce back bigger and stronger and better than ever. And I was able to do that with the help of mentors and investing in myself and choosing to work on the stories that weren't serving me. So an example of one I think a lot of single mums will resonate with is I uncovered very quickly that beneath the fear was this story that I had lost value as a woman becoming a single Mm mum. And the truth was I've always been, you know, I've always been a high value woman. I always will be. And there's nothing that can happen that would change that. And if anything, I feel that I've increased in in self-value because my self-worth has increased dramatically by what I've proven to myself in these past two years, what I'm capable of. And you did just mention the past two years. And for a lot of the listeners that um, are going through, have been through, um, a lot of them don't um, necessarily have as much growth mindset and, um, not to say that they can't have access to coaches and mentors, but if you're not already on like a personal development Mm -hmm. journey, it doesn't seem at the forefront of your mind to go, Oh, I'm gonna, you know, even if it's a therapist or professional help, I would say like therapy is usually like Mm -hmm. a a forefront that someone would choose to help them process that, that, um, to like speak to, uh, a, uh, Oh, I don't want to say like a simpler mind. Like what is the, like someone that isn't as advanced in their own personal development that what were the key things for you that you felt in that beginning process that Mm. is probably a little bit more relatable in the sense that, you know, I was hurting, I was angry, I was this, but you didn't want that to bring you down or shape your future. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, I think... I mean, it's hard to even describe the moment of fear. The moment I realised that this was my reality, the fear was overwhelming. And I think what I've come to realise through time, and I had done some courses luckily leading into this, but something that everyone can take away is that all pain and suffering is caused by our chosen perceptions and beliefs. 
So was there truth to the challenges I was going to face? Yes, but they weren't. I had every opportunity to overcome them. So I could either choose to stay stuck in suffering and bitterness and unforgiveness and all of these feelings that were only harming me and that were going to hold me back from the future that I deserved. Mm. Or I could choose to work on those beliefs and I could choose to get up every day and um, be grateful for all the things that I did have, be grateful for the new day. I mean, we can start there, right? And gratitude is probably the first place to start that where everybody can start and it's free and you don't need a mentor or coach to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Anytime I have a challenging day still, and they come from time to time, it's amazing how long these things take to really, mm-hmm. truly close the chapter. Mm-hmm. Coming back to gratitude is just so healing and calming and centering. And it takes you out of eye consciousness, which is I, 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 and that's such a suffering state. And it's, you know, I'm anxious, I'm not worthy, how could they do this to me? Um, you know, anxiety, guilt, frustration, anger, these are all suffering states. And think fear, fear. which you touched on. 100%, that was my biggest. It, it, and it's for a lot of women and, and men that if this is what, you know, they've signed up for, they think yep. it's forever, mm-hmm. you get blindsided and also living in somewhat of a public eye through community yeah. that, you know, you're also being watched, fear yeah. of judgment, yep. all these things that um, did you find that that was also something that you're like, I'm not going to let this bring me down because I've worked really hard for this. 100%. And- there was a driver in that, absolutely, that I wasn't going to allow other people's decisions to derail the vision that I had for my future. And I had worked so hard to get to where I was. I felt such a deep sense of responsibility to show the community of women that I was working with that you didn't, that outside circumstances didn't need to crush you, Mm -hmm. that those moments were designed for you to grow and find out who you really are. Mm And within that relationship, and it was no one's fault, I mean, I wish I was equally to blame to where it ended up. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can do. And that, that would be another huge tip is don't focus on what they did or didn't do because you can't control that. You are 50% of the problem. Mm-hmm. And all I could do was control myself, how I responded and how I grew from and understood and grew from my own mistakes so that I didn't repeat that pattern in the future. So it was grueling, but I spent 12 months really taking accountability for my own choices, my own behaviour, how I showed up, how I was going to show up differently in the future. And there was that driver behind me to make this, like, make it something that I was going to look back and feel so grateful for. Thank God that that happened Mm -hmm. because look who I am today. And I truly feel that in every part of my being. It doesn't mean that I am completely full of forgiveness all the time. I'm still working on that. It doesn't mean that every moment is easy and every moment I'm elated and free, which I feel most parts of the time. Um, but I'm so but I think proud. that's that's real. That's honest. Yeah, absolutely. To, to not still acknowledge that there's it, same with me. We can be like up here, yeah. And you know, even being that it's December, December is a super like sad time for me. Yeah. I find yeah. myself going back and looking at photos, yeah. and you know, I because I have such strong memories of um like us putting the star yes. on, yeah. and um you know, like this year. I didn't even really want to do it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's not about me. It's about yeah. the kids and it's their tradition. But mm-hmm. you see everyone else's, 
you know, families, air quotes there, like doing it and it's this like, oh, flashback in time of all these happy times and you're like, nope, well, that's not my life right now and this well, it's not going to be my life again in a different version, yes, but again, you've done the work, but there's still always little things that pop up. And And it's attachment. It's our attachment to the meaning we give that that causes Mm -hmm. the suffering. Yeah. So I had such a strong belief that families always stay together no matter what. And that attachment to that story and the Disneyland story that I projected into my future, which actually wasn't the reality I was living. The reality was I was living living in a lot of suffering because of the friction between us. Mm-hmm. And it was my attachment to the story and the loss of the dream that actually was causing me the pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. The loss of the attachment to the story that family should be together on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. That's where the suffering is. But we can choose new stories and we can give them even greater purpose and meaning. It doesn't make it wrong or right, but we can. Freedom is in creating a story that serves you. And I, my parents divorced when I was 12 and they fought for many years prior to that. I probably mm-hmm. remember the fighting more than I remember yeah. the happy times. And when I entered my marriage and my life as a family, I had made like this big pact to myself, complete opposite, that we yeah. weren't in it forever, which mm-hmm. is probably not great, but it's the truth that like, yeah. I'm not going to fucking take this shit. And if this is not <laughs> where I want to be, like kids can still be happy in two homes. Like yeah. Paul and I actually had a divorce plan at one point because <laughs> I was like, I am like so done. Like, and we worked through it, but I was like, you just need to live near the school and we both live near work and like, we'll do this. And we like had this like Mm -hmm. faux arrangement, like just in case he continued to piss me off. So, (laughs) (laughs) but what is your parenting arrangement? Are you? We have 50-50. So we've both been uh, in present in our children's life because of the nature of our business Mm -hmm. is extremely flexible. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, I think it does serve the kids as well as us as parents to have how that did, arrangement. How did you go initially from being 100% <laughs> full-time mum yeah. to then taking a huge chunk down to 50? Because when we grow up, like <sighs> dads were every second Sunday yes, yeah. or but these modern world dads and parenting arrangements, 50-50s yeah. are very yeah. common. Yeah, and I have to say that my own personal value is I don't necessarily believe that it's healthy for young children to be thrown back and forth that way. Um, but, you know, it's we're both going to continue to show up and do our best and, and, you know, make it work as much as we can. But I certainly felt like part of my soul's purpose was ripped away from me without my choice. And, and that was a story I was running for a long time that was causing me a lot of suffering that I had to work on. Um, you know, I was so present in an, an attachment parenting style for my children for so many years as the primary caregiver and to not ha- feel that I had any control over that outcome definitely felt disempowering when I chose to focus on the story in that way. And what I was able to do is just really shift my perspective to all of the many gifts that have come, like the time that I now get for myself. I invested so much time into my children that I lost myself. Mm -hmm. And I've spent the last two years really finding myself, falling in love with myself for the first time in my life, truly loving who I am and really stepping into the woman I was supposed to be without the shadow or expectation of somebody else by my side. Um, and that has just been the most incredible gift. I never felt so happy, so free and expanded and 
so just authentically me. Yeah. And when I was like prepping for this episode, I was like, you know, I I know so much of your story and Mm -hmm. as we grow closer, we share more with each other as well. Um, And I was like, oh, what am I going to call this episode? And I'm like, oh, but we're talking about energies and things. So I'll just leave it. But like, I feel like I'm going to say it now and I can just slot it in. And if it's not the name, I've got to say (laughs) it. So I was like, you've really turned your your pain into empowerment. And that's like through a community also that you know when there's like we hate these terms so that's why like I stopped like it's not the silver lining and it's not like this but it's in your own experiences led to your extreme growth which has then turned into a platform for you to be able to um, support and share your journey your stories your growth with other women and you know show them that there can be you know meaning in everything and what you choose to do with it. Um, Do you find it hard sometimes when time progresses and you are so happy that people can sometimes forget that pain? Um, I think it's more with parties who are, you know, in the inner circle and part of that involvement sometimes. And this is totally my monkey mind. This is not my, (laughs) (laughs) this is not me in my, you know, amazing goddess moment where I'm fully aligned. (laughs) Um, But when I have a pity party moment, it does. Which we all have. Yes. We all have fucking pity party moments. Usually with wine, chocolate (laughs) for me. It's the victim mentality (laughs) mode, right? Which which some of us live there and I chose not to live there because it's so effing painful to live in that space. And so the choice is, either live in that state or choose not to. And it, it doesn't mean that it's always easy to shift out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in if I am in a pity party moment, I do feel that lack of responsibility and acknowledgement does cause me to feel that the suffering I went through is, um, is reduced. Mm-hmm. And that's a wound that I have about justice being seen and served and being seen and heard. And mm-hmm. I recognise that's my own trigger and wound mm-hmm. that I'm continuing to work on and process and grow through and getting better and better at. Yeah. And we first met in person probably, oh, my maths isn't great, so I'm just going to say April last year. So whatever that works out to be in months. <laughs> but when we first connected, I um, was like, whoa, like she is so like fierce and like, I'm like, is she like borderline like man hater? And I was like, no, and but it was like, opposite, at, yeah. and yeah, but it was just because it was yeah. like obviously very raw to yeah. you in that first stages of your separation yeah. and you were in fight or flight mode yeah. and you were like working on, you know, staying the the powerhouse, I've got this and my financial freedom is, you know, for me to create. And I was like, oh, I really, really like her, but I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't, I don't. And then as time has progressed and we've got to spend more time together, I realise how much you actually love men. Like, not any man. (laughs) I I love men. But like you're not switched off to... That's the greatest challenge actually in in my work, which is my passion is empowering women to find their voice, their self-worth and financial independence. And that's been the journey of my life to come to this place where I can say that I have found those things for myself. And because I've been so abundantly blessed in that area, I feel a deep sense of responsibility to pass that gift on to other women. But the balance is there's a lot of messages out there where, you know, um, where women are forging ahead, which we have every right to do. And, um, you know, and, and I'm certainly proud of what I've created, but it's not at the expense of men at all. Um, I 
very much am a very feminine woman and I think what I've noticed in myself and something that I was have been so conscious of is yes I've had to become the provider I've had to you know be the one that gets up like last week I had to get up and fix the pool filter literally in the middle of the night <laughs> you know like <laughs> that noise is it's driving like, me crazy <laughs> yeah you know there's times where there's a noise upstairs and me and the kids are freaking out who has to go upstairs me mm-hmm. you know I'm the provider and the protector and all of the things now I've had to step into those traditionally masculine roles and whatever anyone believes in is fine this is my personal yes. desire and belief is mm-hmm. I am a very feminine woman and I love the feminine roles and that's where I feel in flow Mm-hmm. I love cooking dinner for the family. Mm-hmm. I love those roles. So to have to step out and find the courage and the continuous drive, which to me is not necessarily innately who I am because that is a masculine energy. Yes, mm-hmm. I possess it. And yes, I utilized it to grow my business. Um, but I find it quite depleting and exhausting to stay in that zone. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I've been very aware of is that as I've had to become strong, which independent mums, we have to be so damn strong. There's no one catching us. There's no one to cry to. There's no one to ask, do you think this is a good decision? It's Mm -hmm. all on your shoulders. Um, But I've been conscious to not let it harden me. Mm -hmm. You can be strong yet soft and graceful. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I don't find that softness and grace in every moment. Um, And it's not called for in every moment. But I'm conscious to come back to that set point because the dynamic that I am attracting into my future is having that beautiful balance in my life of the masculine and feminine because that's how I feel happiest. And I am going to like full disclaimer, which probably no surprise to anyone again, that I'm a newbie into the energies. It's definitely Mm -hmm. something that I am wanting to explore more. And um, I knew that you um, were passionate about that from conversation that we had. I'm like, oh, you know, I know a lot of my listeners are on the same playing field as me. Like they're diving into little bits and pieces. And um, I was like, oh, I like hands down think that I'm a masculine energy. Like, (laughs) and I was like, but I'll do the test anyway. Way, just to prove myself right. So I was like, Google straight away. Tony Robbins came up first and he's like, oh, this test, it takes like seven minutes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. done. Easy result to tell me I was right anyway. Um, and the one thing that I didn't know, and I don't know if this is going to like brain boggle anyone else, the term yin yang is about energies. Yeah. yeah. I did not know. That's how new I am into that. I'm like, I know the, the yin to your yang and I get all those sayings that I didn't mm. actually realise it one represented like yeah. feminine with masculine and the other. And I was like, whoa, mind blown. Because <laughs> I've been saying that like term my whole life and I had no idea you what it mean meant. It's like opposites. Is that what yeah. You're like yeah. you're my yin to my yang and I've got a little bit of this in here and a little bit of that over there. So I was like, oh. And then when I started to dive like deeper in, I was mm. like, oh, I definitely pull and that's from life experience as well. I don't know if I've been masculine my whole life, but Mm -hmm. I can see up until this moment of my life that, yes, I have these masculine qualities, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, what you just mentioned, I don't want to be hardened Mm -hmm. and it's going to take work of peeling back the layers to get, I'm a fun person, Mm -hmm. but I can see situations where I'm not fun to a man. Right. Yeah, Yeah, because I see this uh, beautiful, fun light in you whenever we hang Mm -hmm. out, which is a very feminine quality. And to make it relevant to all the audience, Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, we're both business drivers. That's a masculine energy. It is. And it serves us. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that consciousness of tapping in and out by choice. Mm -hmm. That's when we can allow it to work for us 
in different areas of our life. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, I can speak to the nature of the dynamic of my relationship Mm -hmm. is I am drawn to very masculine men. Mm -hmm. So in order for me to sustain polarity and love and connection and joy in that relationship, it's important that I consciously come back into my feminine nature when my partner is coming over. So I could Mm -hmm. be business driving all day and I will literally either meditate or put on some sensual music and I will actually dance and just get that flowing, creative, fun. Sexy lady. Because, (laughs) and and even if you're not a business driver, I noticed this before because I never associated as a businesswoman my entire life. This is an identity I had to create for myself out of survival Mm -hmm. because I felt so much fear around my future financially because it wasn't taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I put that responsibility on someone else. And so I had to take that responsibility back and build a new identity for myself. But even before that, in becoming a mother, there was we all know that becoming a mother is life-changing and it's challenging and stressful. And I think women tend to, not always, but I certainly did. I became extremely inflexible. I lost my fun and their flexibility and fun and flow is what is attractive about a woman and not just for our partner, but I didn't like myself when I was unflexible, yeah. <laughs> so inflexible. So yeah. I love myself so much more now and I love myself the most when I'm in that fun flowing energy. Yeah. So it's as much for me as it is for the person in my life for me to bring consciousness to getting into that alignment. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's hard when you've been a certain way for so yeah. long and then to not, not even sometimes realise that you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. And that's probably for me like in my relationship with um, Eden compared to Horn, I don't feel like I've changed but when I actually yeah. assess the situation, I really have yeah. like because I'm Horn sure would have. took care of me yeah. so much even though I took care of him back, he was like also my like safety net. Like he, you know, was driving the business and I was there, Mm -hmm. you know, his wing girl, like working with it and, you know, supporting him to like grow this big beast. And then, you know, when he was gone, that big beast was mine. And then I had some big dirty work boots that I had to fill. And I really put so much pressure on myself to be that like primal warrior and go out there and do that. And not show any weakness. Yeah. And do you feel, I certainly feel this now, um, I certainly will, I allow myself to still trust yeah. and I'm not going to let something of the past affect how I show up with other people in the future. However, I will never put the responsibility of my future on anyone else's shoulders again because you don't know if your partner will leave, die, die. you know, you just yep. don't know the no. future. So it's challenge my greatest challenge is how do I how do I provide and I feel it is my responsibility to provide for my children mm-hmm. how do I maintain and sustain that mm-hmm. but still be feminine yeah. <laughs> and, so hard. and because yeah. like Eden and I like Eden has his own business yeah. and it's regrowing after he lost a lot when Jess passed away and he's working super hard to do that yeah. but I said to him, we can't be comparing apples and bananas here. Like your work is your work and it is growing and it's progressing and I've had this, it's had its ups and downs, but this very stable income um, to do that. And we don't share bank accounts. We we do share bills, but we don't share bank accounts. And um, at this point in time, we don't own anything together. Um, And that 
um, that, that that's a a fear in me to my mm. protective yeah. of protectiveness of myself yeah. that one I have the mentality that nothing's forever yeah. whether it's by choice or by nature yeah. um and yeah I I don't like having that sometimes so I'm like yeah. why do I have to be so pragmatic about this situation mm. why doesn't love just like swoop me up and let me go yeah. and like you know be lovely <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I think we've outgrown the fantasy, yeah. you know, and and not to say that life circumstances should harden us and stop us from dreaming and mm. experiencing love. It just and, takes work to get back there. Yeah. I th- and, yeah. I, well, I think it's just staying grounded in the reality. Yeah. Well, someone can die yeah. and I need to have my stuff together mm-hmm. if that happens. Yeah. And it's not focusing on that. I don't have no. a fear of that happening in my future. It's just like, you know what? I'm just always going to have my back because you just yeah. never know. And it serves me as a woman in terms of my self-worth, having my net worth in order and, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things, which I'm still working on different elements of it. You know, I was raised, I wasn't raised with a millionaire mindset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's taken I did. a lot I of work. I had like a Range Rover yacht life <laughs> in, in my horizon that I was like, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> but, and you know, like that for some people, depending on what their values are, is not important to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. sitting around the dinner table and just all being together, mm. um, which I didn't grow up with that. So, like, yeah. it's not something that ever, like, and I still don't do it now. When I do yeah. have dinner with the kids at the table, I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to eat in peace. No, listen to you complain about the beans or the broccoli yeah. or the potato. What's this sauce? Why is it grey? I'm like, it's not grey. It's brown. It's gravy. Just eat it. It's delicious. <laughs> Go eat downstairs. <laughs> but again, that's just all those different mm. things. And it's because like, yeah, sometimes I'm not a fun mum yeah. because I have felt like I have so much yeah, freaking so pressure yeah. on myself that they don't know mm. all the other things that I'm doing behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's not for them to even worry about or yeah. be concerned about. And just sometimes like I have to reality check myself mm. and like, they're children. Yeah. I don't want to be like, mummy goes to work to do this. Yeah. And I do say it. I sometimes falter and I say it and then I'm not proud of myself that they're like, well, I don't want that then. Yeah. If you have to go to work, well, I'm like, well, I have to go anyway. So, yeah. like, I shouldn't have used that example. I, no, I think it's important. <laughs> I, you know, when it's just me and my girls at home and I'm trying to get them fed and, and I need their cooperation. Mm. And so I talk about it as we're working as a team. Yeah. And I am very honest with them about how hard I have to work to mm-hmm. provide and make sure that we have safety and security because, yeah. and I, at a child appropriate level, of yes. course. Yeah. But they're more inclined to, um, I think, have compassion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's reality, you know, you want to teaches them too it teaches when them. they get older. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I don't no want them to have, life. Yeah. And um, I don't want them to yeah. have any scars and any yes. man hating scars whatsoever. Yeah. They have an incredible father. And so so you, I don't you have think two girls. Will. I'm two not girls. sure if we yeah, yeah. touched on that. Um, but I also want them to be, you know, um, empowered in, in creating a life for themselves that they, they want. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, choices, options. And Eden, he, when I first started seeing Eden, he hated it so much because I had, like, plan B. Yeah. And, like, he was like, how do you go into a relationship with a plan B? And I'm like, doesn't everyone have a plan B? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if this works out, we do this. And if we don't work out, I do this. Like, yeah. it's easy. And he's like, that's, no, <laughs> that's not what you're supposed to do. And I, I, I don't, I've got to get Eden to do the test, but I'm pretty sure he's like a feminine. Right. Uh, like he's, it's, there's a leading and a core. Yeah. So I'm guessing that I'm masculine. 
I lead with my masculine, but my core is feminine. And then I don't know if you can double up though. I don't know if you can be feminine, feminine, or you have to be, because I'm still learning. So I don't get it. Yeah. No, look, I'm still learning too. Yeah. I just, I more learn for my own, the purpose of my own life. Yeah. Um, but in terms of being a fun mum, because I'm sure there's a lot of mums who they always resonate with that. Like, yeah, I'm not, I don't feel flexible. And mm-hmm. um, I was actually at a Tony Robbins seminar where I feel first realized, wow, I'm not fun anymore. And yeah. how that was impacting me, but also my relationship. And uh, I, I, I have this personality and her name's Kiki. And <laughs> <laughs> Do you love me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Kiki likes margaritas yeah. and, you know, dancing on tabletops and all of those fun yeah. things. So, I like Kiki. Yeah. So, <laughs> and <laughs> everyone loves Kiki. Um, so everyone, you know, cheers Kiki on to come out. But, um, you know, it's, it's drawing on different, we all wear different hats yeah. and we have different personality, uh, personalities within us. We have all shades. Yeah. It's about choosing which ones you want to cultivate and bringing mm. consciousness and mindfulness to that. Mm. So when my kids are coming home and I know I'm in a shitty mood and I've got a tension headache because I'm wearing the weight of, you know, responsibility, life, life yeah. team, everything, you know, I feel like if, you know, I have to lead the way on it in every area of my life and it's exhausting. I don't want my children to always be walking into that energy where they dread coming home to my house because there's no fun and joy there. Mm-hmm. So I consciously switch personalities mm-hmm. when they come through the door. You know, we have this thing called furious dancing and we put fun music on and Connie loves to dance it out. Yeah, dance it out. <laughs> I force myself to be silly. Not force myself. I'm I'm consciously very silly with my girls. And yep. not always. Yeah. I lose my shit like every <laughs> other mother. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Don't be so perfect, Kira. <laughs> Why are you watching TV when we're meant to be walking out the door? Mm. Yeah, I have those moments too. Um, but, you know, in those moments I've created so much self-awareness and I'm like I didn't do a good job in that moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Awareness is awareness, so Self-awareness. Yeah. Don't judge it but make a different choice next yeah. time. Definitely. And so when you spoke about before about, you know, I, I don't think you said this, but I'm going to say <laughs> it, um, that like, you know, you don't want the girls to be like, you don't want them to uh, hate men. Mm-hmm. And so moving forward, like with your life, how do you plan on shaping them in your future relationships that you have? First of all, they have incredible male role models mm-hmm. and always have. They they have an incredible father and the father figures around them are amazing as well. So they're actually incredibly drawn to masculine mm-hmm. energy. So probably my greatest responsibility is ensuring that the masculine, masculine energy that I bring into their space embraces them mm-hmm. and makes them feel safe because they have such a positive association to it. It's my job to sustain how they perceive or how they feel worthy of being treated Mm -hmm. by a man. And it's their norm. They Mm -hmm. have a high standard as their norm. Good girls. And I just need to maintain that for them. Mm -hmm. And given your past circumstances and, um, you know, betrayal and uh, initial trust issues, how has it been opening your heart to new love? Mm Look, I by nature, I love love. I love um, I love being in my feminine. I love the masculine energy. I'm so drawn to it. And it's just part of that work is I don't want to compromise my future relationships by any of my relationships by holding on to a story around trust. And the greatest lesson that I've learned in the past two years around that is broken trust happens 
and serves you in order for you to learn how to trust yourself. The reason that lesson presented itself in my life is because I did not trust myself. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe in myself that I could catch myself if anything were to happen. That's why the story was everything will be okay as long as that man is in my life. Mm -hmm. And when that was no longer the case, I realized that I can, if I need to be, I can be everything. I can fall on my feet and thrive better than I ever have in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so now through dating, I entered that experience trusting that no matter what, I was going to be okay. I know how to fuel, source and balance out my own happiness. No man creates my happiness. I've found it within. I've cultivated that. I know how to access that. They do bring some glow. They do bring some glow, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Desire and need are two different yes, things. Yes, totally. So it was no longer a need. So yeah. um, I, I will have trust. Like a total bitchy confession yes. that I really need to work on. But sometimes I say to Eden, I'm like, I don't need you. I want you. Yes. And there's a big difference. Well, I think it's healthy. Even within my mission statement around relationships, it was finding a man that didn't need me, but he chooses me. So we are both meeting eye to eye where we are whole as individuals. Mm -hmm. And it's a desire to be in each other's Mm -hmm. life, to expand each other's greatness and happiness. And I feel like that spark and that's chemistry when you both want it, it's not out of fear. The greatest pressure that a woman will place on a man that will cause the demise of that relationship, which is the part that I played into is that need. I need you in order to be happy. You need to show up in this, this, and this way in order for me to be happy. That will end a relationship in time because a man's soul's purpose when he loves you is to see you happy. And if you're not happy within yourself, that makes him feel like a failure every single day. So he's trying his little heart out and, you know, dreaming about you being happy and he comes home every night and you're just an ungrateful bitch, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sooner or later, he is going to leave go. because he's yeah. failing and men don't like to fail. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's a very simplified version yeah, of a massive issue. Yeah, but it's going to hit home yeah. with like, and it's not yeah. saying it's, you know, all your fault and no, da da but, but that's your part of roles. the responsibility. And, and I think one of the biggest things I realised and took responsibility for is my emotional state A mother's emotional state, a woman's emotional state determines the state, the emotional state of the entire household. Mm. And when I realized my kids were walking on eggshells because I was inflexible, cranky, unhappy and quick to fly off the handle um, because I just wasn't within peace within myself, that was causing all of my family to live in disharmony. And and, and that's where in any challenge and any feeling of dis-ease within you, the choice is either to stay there, which is, it got so fucking painful for me. There was no other choice but to invest in self-growth. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that is listening now where they're, you know, at the very early stages of a separation or a life change, mm-hmm. um, what what is like some key advice that you, you could say to them? Mm-hmm. In terms of the separation and coming out into themselves. And yeah. 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 Um, don't focus on what should have been, what could have been, what they did, what they didn't do. You are, you can only control yourself. You're responsible for your own behaviour. You're responsible for how you respond um, or choose to react or not. Um, so go to work on yourself because you're the thing that comes with you. And it's the best revenge, right? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think I've lost about eight kilos and no. feeling fucking fabulous. Yes, feeling fabulous. Um, no, look, um, it, yeah, you can only control. Look, 
you're going to fuck up your own future. Am I allowed yeah. to swear? Yeah. We're going um, there now. No. Now I'm relaxed. So do you want to have an incredible future or do you want to ruin your future in spite of yourself because you're constantly focused on revenge or what isn't fair or, you know, life isn't fair? For me, I chose to see that these greatest challenges presented in order for me to become the best version of myself and who I am today compared with two years ago is a different person. I feel so free and so happy and thank goodness I was given that opportunity to find myself. Yeah. Like, and look, try and be positive even when it feels like there's nothing to be positive about. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure that you have people around you that are your go. I had my go-to people that were like, you call me when it's like, rock bottom I will answer any time mm-hmm. of the day there were moments where I couldn't even play music I, I literally felt like my life was ending there was yeah. so much anxiety and stress and but because I sourced the right people around me I was able to move through that in a matter of months yeah. and it was for my children it was for my business that I didn't want to be impacted and most importantly it was for myself mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Oh, thank you so much for bravely sharing all that. I know that you have shared your journey on your own socials before, but it's always nice to have that chat to get the insight and let me go rogue and see what comes out (laughs) in between that. But we finish up every episode of The Potty with the final five. And I'm just going to rapid fire them out to Mm -hmm. you and the first thing that comes to your head. So go with it. So what is your quote to live by? Um, I definitely love the one, find uh, find yourself by losing yourself in the service of others. Mm -hmm. The best advice you've ever received? Best advice. Um, Freedom is in letting go. I like that. Your core value? You can only have one. My core value, (laughs) only one. Oh, look, I I have always valued freedom. Freedom is my highest value. I'm always... Um, everything I do is about creating and sustaining freedom. Love that. Um, if you could have one last meal, and please don't make it like very wheat <laughs> free. <definitely> healthy. <laughs> uh-huh. If you had one last meal, what would that be? Oh, um, I love seafood and I love chocolate. They're my two favourites. So, so like just a prawns huge dipped in chocolate, or of all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Good. I like smorgasbord, and of course your fave beverage, Margaritas. Yes. Unsweetened yes. margaritas. Yes, girl. And not because I'm healthy. Give it to me. And um Kira has so very I got it down here, I'm just gonna get it out. Very um generously donated that we're going to be gifting um, on the socials for those that are going to share the potty um, and make a comment on our episode post. And can you explain what what I'm holding. Sure. Um, So one of my things that I focus on every morning with my mission statement is being self-ignited. It is my job to be lit from within. There is nothing on the external that it is that responsibility in order to cause light and happiness within me. So uh, I created these journals to help empower women to feel self-ignited. And when you open the cover, there is an empowered women's quote Mm -hmm. that I wrote to help me through the initial stages of that separation and it just helped me align with everything I needed to be every day, strong yet graceful, um, showing up with calm courage to lead, being self-ignited and being fun and flexible and free. So it's all of those words that just reminded me who I wanted to show up as every day so I could cultivate 
those traits within me. Amazing. Thank you. And thank you for very generously gifting one of those to our lucky listeners. And for all those that are listening along and have loved what you're about, (laughs) where can they find you? My Instagram is I am Kira Love and my Facebook page is Kira Love. Awesome. Again, thank you so, so much for being here today. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. See you guys. What did I tell you? gem of an episode. I am so grateful for Kira for coming on today's episode and being so open and honest and real and vulnerable about her life experiences. It isn't easy to choose this path and choose to share your pain to empower others. And she is doing such a magnificent job at um, creating a pathway for women. And I'm really in so much awe of her and her team for what they are doing. And if you did love today's episode, which I'm sure you did, it would mean the world to both Kira and I if you jump on to to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review and then share on your Instagram. Share this information with someone that might need to hear it because this is what it's all about. This is why I am here, guys. Doing this is to create awareness, a space for people to hear this free content to make a difference in their life and give them tools and techniques to better themselves. So jump on over. It would mean the world. Have a great day and just remember, we are all flawed, but we are also fucking fabulous. This podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. To stay up to date with me, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review and follow me on Instagram at with Love Ash.